Welcome to the From Broke to Badass Masterclass series. I'm your host, Jennifer Griffith, and I'm collaborating with a network of successful women to learn how they live their best lives. The badass women in this Masterclass series share business, life, and spiritual advice and provide you with inspiration, guidance, and practical tips to help you achieve financial freedom, juggle the demands of home, family, and careers, and fulfill your purpose without sacrificing your dreams. Tune in and gather powerful guidance on how to be broken open, transformed, and go from broke to badass. On today's From Broke to Badass Masterclass, I'm joined by Deb Acker. Before Deb turned two, her father left, and when she was 17, her mother passed away. Little did she know these two life-changing moments were the key to everything that she ever desired, including more abundance, joy, and love than she could ever hope for. Today, Deb shares her touching story about forgiveness, the importance of owning all of our emotions, not just the good ones, and most importantly, how to heal deep-rooted patterns, including abandonment, to create powerful change. To help us take our business to the next level, Deb talks about subconscious sales blocks and how they can be cleared, the power of intuition and its effect on sales, and she explains masculine and feminine energy in the workplace. Listen in and be inspired. Deb, thank you so much for being here and taking the time to be with us. I really do appreciate that. How are you? Good, good. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful and excited to be here today. So exciting. You have such a wonderful story. I mean, you really have kind of a a history or a childhood with a lot of pain, but you have somewhat reinvented yourself for lack of a better term. Can you tell us a little bit more about you and your story and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So the short version of my story, and I do write more about it in my book, Living Deeply, but the short version of my story is in essence, my dad left when I was two um, and my mom passed away when I was 17. And obviously those are two extremely uh, traumatic and um, extremely painful moments. And they wired in a deep abandonment pattern that would take close to 40 years to heal. But in the process, it would set me on my path. So after years of spending time in unsuccessful therapy and having awareness of my story and why I was creating some of the things that I was creating, but not not seeing anything changing, what ended up happening is I was set on this path, right, to really finding myself to growing to personal growth. Um, And most importantly, to starting to really do the work that I came here to do in the world, which in part was to help others heal their abandonment pattern. And in part, because I got into all this subconscious work, right? And really wanting to learn how do we clear our deepest rooted, our deep subconscious patterns. Um, So because I got into that work, I started using it as well in business and got to see my sales and I was medical sales, see my sales quadruple from that, which I recreated again for the second time in three years um, last year. And so it took me on this huge adventure. And now here I am. And it's, you know, it's a constant ever evolving um, adventure. And one of the things that I heard sort of as you were asking me that question was this idea and for this is for everyone on the call that we set it up perfectly right? Like in that moment, of course, those moments were extremely painful, but to really go back, I, as I go back and I look at the fact that there was a combination of that and then breaking into advertising when I was 15 and all these little pieces that were meant to bring me on my journey and were going to come together perfectly and put everything in place. But I obviously couldn't see it in those moments until, you know, I started to go on this journey and kind of lean into what was occurring in my life. I can imagine. I mean, I can imagine how difficult it must be to do that work um, because it's deep-rooted work, right? But overall, you created, ultimately, as you healed and as you found yourself, you had to have created this positive mindset, right? Your internal language and the way you kind of spoke to yourself must have changed at some point for you to really go from kind of what could have been a victim mentality to really that of a survivor and a warrior. Um, do you agree with that? Do you think it was a, a mindset kind of shift that you had to take? I think it was the willingness of me being able to be with where I was 
right? And to feel my feelings and being willing to, um, to really, first of all, honor the pain that I had faced because for years I was like trying to pretend everything was okay. And I think that's so common for most, if not all of us, right? You know, we're pretending everything's okay. And then when I finally decided I was going to honor it, right? First of all, honor the anger that I had felt when my dad had left, even though he was in my life my entire childhood, right? So to honor that anger and then go with what was underneath that, which was a lot of pain and sadness and hurt, right? But when I was finally ready to start to do that, um, you know, initially it moved me from, you know, I would say from a victim to, you know, a warrior mindset. And then as I've grown, I would say now I'm in the, the space of a creator mindset, mm-hmm. right? And recognizing I'm creating every single thing and every single thing is for me if I allow it to be. That's so beautiful. I think that's pretty deep too, because you're, we are in control of our lives, right? We really do get to dictate kind of what the future holds for us, regardless of the past. So you have to take, you know, I love that you're shifting, not just from that survivor, but to that creator. I will craft the life of my dreams if I allow it. And if I'm okay with that, is that a fair statement? Yeah. And I would say, let's face it, we're all looking to take control of our lives and take control of our reality. And for me, the one of the biggest ways that I did that was starting to say, I am responsible for all of it, not just the good things, not just the things I like, but every single thing. So starting to be willing to look at that and go, okay, how did I create this? And what is this here to show me? And how is this here to help me to learn and grow in my life? Mm-hmm. And through that, you must have overcome a lot of challenges and fears, right? Because it's not easy to do that deep work and to just be like, okay, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to kind of craft, craft the future that I desire. You know, I'm honoring my past. But there, there has to be a level of fear that comes with it. So how did you overcome that? I mean, I think one of the things is, is that we have, like, for me with fear, I feel like we can constantly condition ourselves to choose more and more fear. So what do I mean by that? So one example of a fear, and this is not necessarily related to my story, but it would be related to how do we overcome it is, you know, I'm terrified of heights. Right. And so, you know, many people may, you know, not choose this, but for me, I constantly put myself in heights you know, uh, where I'm high above, <laughs> high above and doing zip lining and skydiving and all kinds of things to help recondition myself, right? And so just like in something as simple as that, in my story, really overcoming those challenges, it's about continually choosing it over and over, right? You're rewiring your system to get more and more comfortable with it. Now, you may or may not ever get fully comfortable. I can still tell you I'm terrified of heights, even though I'm literally... <laughs> done probably everything known to man to, you know, put myself in those situations. But I also have a sense of how I'm going to respond in those situations. So I know that I'm going to be scared. I know for me, when I go in height situations, I start making weird noises. So I know that I'm going to make weird noises, you know, I know how I'm going to show up. And so the same thing goes with all of our deep rooted challenges, right? It's like, can I stay with it? Right? Can I be present with what is instead of stuffing it, stuffing it down or pushing it away or trying to escape from it in some, you know, in some way, like, obviously, you know, there can be alcohol and drugs, but it also can be, you know, vacations, exercise, I mean, there's healthy ways to escape, and there's less healthy ways, but learning how to really be with it and be with ourselves, which when, you know, we can have those, you know, an abandonment pattern, which shows up just, by the way, shows up many times, like I work with um, hundreds, if not thousands of people on this, right? And it can show up, like if you had a parent that worked a lot, that cause that can cause an abandonment pattern, right? If you had a parent, obviously, that wasn't around or passed away, yes, of course, those are going to be deep rooted. But, you know, I had a, a person who I worked with whose parents went to the grocery store and didn't communicate that to him. And he had some of the same, uh, basically the same response that I had from, you know, having a parent left. So it doesn't have to be that, you know, that deep. But what happens in those moments is we think we did something wrong that created the environment that we're in, right? And when we think we did something wrong that created that environment, then all of a sudden, not only do, you know, they leave us in some way, we leave ourselves, right? Because we think we did something wrong, we start blaming ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? So this 
practice of beginning to cultivate how do I stay with myself, right? How do I feel the feelings that are coming up for me and not resist them and not stuff them away or push them down, but learn how to be with them and to honor them and to know that they have good information for me and that they are also part of my path if I allow them to be. Mm-hmm. Because if you do ignore them or if you resist them, I think what will happen is down the road, it's going to cause more damage. If you keep pretending like it's all okay, it's all okay, didn't happen, I'm fine, or the you know, if you ignore the past, something is going to trigger it down the road. And I feel like the healing will probably just be that much more difficult if you don't take the time to really acknowledge it and try to find a way. I don't know if, if saying find a way to be a piece is the right word for it, but just find a way to deal with it. You know, so. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because what happens is the message gets louder. Mm-hmm. And you know, we'll, have the, we'll have something similar happen or the message will get louder. And so if, you, if you're willing to deal with it, then, you know, typically how I would say it is, is it, um, you know, it dissipates the pain of it, it dissipates the experience. So you're not attracting that over and over and over again. Yeah. Now through uh, what you've said and, and uh, knowing your story, I think one of the things I really like about you is you have survived in so many ways, taking your life to the next level. And then you also were able to take your business to the next level. And, and you alluded to it a little bit ago where you said you what quadrupled your sales or so for about three years in a row. Is that correct? Yeah, it was uh, two out of three years. Yes. So some of these uh, subconscious kind of blocks that you had, clearing those, I think those contributed to your professional success as well? Yeah. So basically, you know, um, obviously I was always, well, not obviously, but I was always very successful in business. Like I, I alluded to the fact I broke into advertising when I was 15. I was in advertising for 10 years, working on Taco Bell, H&R Block, Sony, Chevron, um, a bunch of different of the, you know, well-known brands. And then I moved over. I was a copywriter and I always said copywriting was sales on paper. So I moved over from copywriting to sales, right? And what ended up happening as I started, so again, I I was doing extremely well in all the sales roles I held, I always did really well. But as I started to take this personal growth journey, kind of unbeknownst to me, I just was drawn to starting to work on the subconscious and, and really clear those blocks. And as I did that, you know, basically how I always describe it is as I started to clear the blocks, so the blocks, you know, you know, they keep you in just normal states, but fear, anger, guilt control. I mean, they keep you in heavier states of being. So as I cleared those blocks, I returned to the state of being that I am, that we all truly are, which is our abundant being, right? And so as I did that, I started to attract a lot more abundance in my life. So much so, uh, first of all, I was working, I wasn't working as hard. And yet again, as you know, as previously mentioned, I quadrupled my sales, which was really unbelievable to me. And not to mention people were making sales in my territory. I mean, it was like one of those things I was getting random checks in the mail. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. It was so fun because I was like, oh, what's going to show up now? And, you know, someone, a rep would call me and say, I made, you know, I closed some business in your territory. And I'm, and in my mind, I'm going, of course you did. Like, you know, I'm not surprised. So that was part of the journey. And it's been an amazing, um, you know, fun thing to witness and experience and play with. And see, not only, you know, of course, it it was great for the sales part of it, but I started to feel better. I started to feel more clear. And I started to, I was, my productivity went through the roof. So I was working less and yet making more money. Uh, Something we should all strive for, right? And have the life we live, work those (laughs) four-hour work weeks and still make it a ton of money doing so. But can we talk a little bit about that too? Because for a lot of our listeners who are either already working in kind of what we would call successful fields or are trying to take their business to the next level. What are some common examples? And you mentioned a few fear, anger, control, but what are some um, other examples of some subconscious blocks? And then can you give us some tips as to what you did to clear those? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll give you some subconscious sales blocks because these are all really well known and, and sometimes we can be aware of them. Sometimes we're not, but you know, for instance, um, Say, for instance, like you're, you're, you have a meeting or you have a call set up, but you're, you call, you're like, on the, you're kind of thinking to yourself, well, sub- subconsciously, oh, I hope they say no, because it's going to mean more work for me. Mm-hmm. Right. And so <laughs> that, for instance, could be one thing, you know, it doesn't make sense. Of course, like in our logic minds, you're like, of course, I want to make the sale, but there might be a part of you that's like, oh, 
I'm gonna have to work the weekend if they say yes, you know, same thing where it's like if you're hoping, um, you know, someone doesn't pick up maybe because you're new to the industry or new to your business and you're and you're scared you're gonna look like you don't know what you're doing. Right. So again, of course, your conscious in your conscious part of you, you're like, I want them to pick up, I want to make this sale. But that subconscious part of you is like, hmm, I'm not so sure, right. So it's really about looking at you know, what are you thinking and how are you feeling going into every conversation, into every sale, right? And if what you're thinking, if what you're feeling isn't aligned with the result that you want to create, it's beginning to really recognize that, right? And start to look at that. Um, some other common ones, you know, fear of rejection, fear of success, you know, which again, doesn't necessarily make sense. But Again, you know, I mean, sometimes we're scared that we're going to lose our friends if we're, you know, we get to a certain level of success, we're not going to fit in, right? So, um, you know, those are just a few examples. I mean, there's a, there's a million, million of them, but specifically around the sales um, arena, those are just a few of the examples around subconscious sales blocks. And so I have a, you know, I have a program out that's the Upping Your Sales Game program, but in that program, one of the tools, one of the techniques that I use, that I use a lot in that program is basically, so once this you know, is brought to the forefront. So, you know, going into a meeting and starting to recognize, okay, you know, before you go into that meeting, sitting in your car for a few extra minutes or before you get on that call, right? Sitting at your desk for a few extra minutes and going, okay, what am I thinking right now? Right? Oh my gosh, like I'm, you know, I'm hoping this call gets through really quickly, right? Like, you know, I'm, I'm feeling nervous. What, and just noticing what that is. And one of the techniques that I use in that program is you see it leaving your body, and then you replace it with what I call a high, higher and lighter profitable operating state, right? So one thing is just seeing light fill it, right? So I believe most of our subconscious and unconscious blocks are getting, um, they're you know, being stored in our body mainly through the ages of zero to seven, right? So maybe you got rejected when you were a kid and now you're taking that into your, you know, your business in some way, right? And so, um, you know, those are getting stored in your body. So you can see them leaving your body, but you want, you don't want to leave it with open space. You want to fill it with something lighter. And as we fill it with something lighter, we're able to attract uh, better things in our lives, right? Like more joy, more um, abundance, more peace, more gratitude. And so that's what, that's basically one of the processes that I use. Like I said, a lot in the program, in addition to bringing up all these different blocks that a lot of people are not aware of. And then we see we replace them with something that's going to attract you more abundance, more money, more light, more joy in your life. So can you give us an example of that? What What is something lighter? Is it you just shift from, okay, so say you have a fear of rejection. Literally, I use the words light in my program. But so I'll say, the, say, say it like this. You know, every, this is just like a one layer of that pattern, right? But everywhere you're scared of rejection, right? You want to exhale that out of your body. And then you're going to breathe in light. You're going to breathe in truth. You're going to breathe in openness. You're going to breathe in trust. So those, that's like an example of how I do it in my program. You could absolutely replace it with a higher and lighter thought, right? So, but the thing is, is some, a lot of times what keeps something in place is there's, there's a reason. Like, so the, the little child that lives inside each of us, right? Maybe they were rejected when they were a kid and because they didn't get to have the voice that they wanted to have or, or to basically say, you can't reject me, right? When they're a kid, they re keep recreating it. And so if you don't give them that voice and you try to just rewrite it with a positive affirmation, while it can work, sometimes it'll keep coming up because that little kid that lives within you is like, like, you don't get to treat me this way, right? For example. So, um, so I usually just kind of like to use more general, um, just, just basically, like I said, like light, truth, abundance. I use, I use basically what I would call energy terms and you're just breathing it into your body. And if that's a little bit spatial, you can literally, like I said, just replace it with light and literally you'll feel a lot of times you'll feel an opening occurring because part of what we're doing is we're moving you up again to that higher and more profitable operating state. But as we move you up there, you're moving into a state where you're going to be able to, first of all, return to the powerful manifester that we've all been, but maybe we've not always been tuned into. And also you're going to be able to tap into the intuition that's always coming through. But again, if you're hanging out in fear or anger or control, right, you're not necessarily going to be able to um, tune into it. Does that make sense? It definitely does. Now, would you even recommend that individuals do this? And maybe this is part of your training, but for people who are in 
let's let's use sales positions as an example, but you're sitting at your desk, you're about to make a cold call. Would you even tell them, take a couple minutes before you make that call and sit and just breathe in, you know, light with every breath, just say a different word to yourself? Do you, do you train that in your program? Yeah, so how I always like to start off um, all of the, you know, so basically the audios are literally, we start with what I call a light activation, right? And so part of what we're doing is we're bringing light all the way through the body. And I, you know, I go through it really slowly, step by step, right? But we're bringing light all the way through the body. And that helps us to return to the truth of who we are so that we can create a positive outcome, right? I'm working with a um, restaurant owner. She owns uh, several restaurants um, in the Chicago area. And, you know, she's, um, she, we just started working together not that long ago, but she was talking to me about um, how she's uh, like been using this and just literally, I mean, this is a great way to set your day, right? You're setting your day with this, okay, this is light, right? You know, you're setting your day with that. And then you start to create much better things than going out into your day and say, if you wake up anxious that morning, mm -hmm. and then you just start creating from that anxiety. I love that because I feel like, so I'm in a position where I do business development for my line of work and have a team that works underneath me, but I think there is a high level of anxiety, especially when you're new and you don't feel confident in what you're saying. You know, you still haven't kind of perfected your elevator pitch, but I think this is such a good example and I may borrow it from you for, to teach them like, you know, before each call, just take a minute to kind of you know, acknowledge how you're feeling. If you're feeling a little anxious about making the call, just take a couple deep breaths and just kind of say, you know, I, I love the fact that you say I'm light, I am truth, I am openness, or you can even replace it, do you think, with things like I am confident, I know what I'm talking about, or, you know, I'm intelligent. Would you recommend that as well or no? Yeah, I mean, you can absolutely say I'm successful, you know, life's working out for me. You can say all those things. It's just important to notice okay, when I'm saying this, does it really feel true to me? Or is there something underneath it that, that it doesn't feel true? The light is like, is very identifiable as truth. And it's like kind of gets you out of your head too. So a lot of times it's like, okay, I get, I'm clear, I'm out of my head and I can just literally bring this light through my body. What I do is I have people bring the light through and I do, and the free gift I offer, that's where it starts actually with this exercise as well. But I have people bring light all the way through the body and then they expand it all the way out to the entire universe because how many of us in some way or another are contracting ourselves, right? We're contracting, you know, we're like walking into a room trying to make ourselves smaller than we were ever intended to be. And so part of that exercise is not only bringing light through and identifying with that, which is totally true, right? But then being willing to expand that all the way out. So you return, you stop contracting yourself, right? And when we're willing to take up space in the world, that's when we're owning the truth of who we are. We're owning the truth of who we came here to be, right? And we're going out in the world and we get to, you know, be our true, big, fabulous self. Mm -hmm. So what you said is awesome too, though. It just depends on like everything I always teach is really about you feeling into what's right and what's true for you. So, you know, as you're saying, if you're saying I am confident, I am successful, as long as it feels true for you and you don't feel like you're lying to yourself, because that kind of breaks trust with the self. Mm -hmm. But as long as you're, that feels true to you, that's an amazing way to start your day and really just, just to, you know, to kick, like to get it, to get, like get the day going, right. And go, you know, go after it. Absolutely. I love that. Now you, so a lot of this really is your own intuition, right? You have to, A, you have to be, be confident and be true with yourself and acknowledge that truth. And hopefully it comes from a place of confidence, but a lot of it is just trusting your instincts. And one of the things um, that I really love is sometimes you just have, I don't know if it's a good feeling in your stomach or, or maybe it's not even a feeling. You just know that something good is going to come out of it. And that can take your, your business hopefully to the next level. If you just believe, I know something good is going to happen, but can you explain the power of intuition and how it truly affects sales? Yeah, no, this is awesome. So first of all, let me just, um, just to help people to get clear on some of the ways intuition can come through so that it's, cause I know for years, like I had gut feelings, right. I was like, my gut just knew like you need to do this. Right. Or I just had a knowing where it's like, okay, you, you just got to do this. This is what you're meant to do. Right. And so those are two examples of intuition where we, clairsentience is clear, um, is around feeling. Right. And so if you have a gut feeling, um, I watch a show, uh, it's, it's called murder chose me. And for whatever reason it popped into 
mention this <laughs> as an example, so I'm going to use it, right? So there's this guy, he's a detective, right? So he's, you know, a very muscular detective, and he, um, and he's the guy who's walking you through some of the cases he had in, you know, when he was um, a detective. But one of the, he uses all the time on that show, he's always like, oh, I just, I had this gut feeling about, you know, X, Y, and Z, right? I just knew. And I'm like, that guy is totally intuitive, right? But probably, obviously, is not thinking about it in that way. And the point being is that we're all intuitive and we all sometimes have this languaging that we use, but we may not be thinking about it that way. So again, so gut feelings and um, knowings are two ways intuition comes through. The other two ways, there's many other ways, but these are kind of the four main ones. Um, other a couple other ways that um, intuition comes through is around, you know, seeing something. So you might get a vision of something and really just trusting, okay, that's a vision I'm getting. Okay let me make sense of this in my language. Because like, say for instance, if you get a vision and you were to ask, okay, uh, what, you know, someone else, what does this vision mean? You're being, it's being given to you as how you would translate it, not how, you know, you know, your sister, your husband, however they would translate it, right? Um, so there's seeing, and then the last one, that's one of the main ones, like I said, there's a bunch of other ones, but one of the other main ones is around hearing. So again, if you're hearing something, which sometimes comes in your own voice, so if you're hearing something, again, being able to tune in and recognize, so intuition always feels light. It will feel light in your body, right? So if you're like, oh my God, is this my fear? If it's something that's like feels heavy, if it feels scary, like it's, it's really important. You can even ask yourself inside, is this my intuition or is this fear? but really just starting to take the time and start to notice, okay, this is my intuition coming through. And then from there, so how I use my intuition um, in sales, which is freaking awesome, is when I'm targeting um, a client, I first of all just will tune in and say, is this an ideal client for me to work with, right? It depends on what side of my business. I've got many different divisions of my business, but um, you know, for the corporate side of my business, I'm like, is this an ideal client for me to work with? Or is this a good client for me to work with? Knowing that my guidance will guide me, even if it's not ideal in the sense of the way that I think of it, that if it's ideal for some reason, because maybe there's a lesson I'm meant to learn there, or maybe I'm meant to work with them, right, that I'm going to be guided in that direction. And so using my intuition, not only, you know, that's kind of like the first part of it, right, but then when I'm in sales calls, using my intuition to know exactly what I need to say right, to communicate what needs to be communicated to close the deal or to move the sale along. So just depending on, you know, where it is in that process, um, communicating in that way. But do you literally just sit there and ask yourself, okay, what, what is the next thing I'm supposed to say to them? Or what do I think they're going to benefit from? Does that make sense? Yeah. So intuition is about being in the flow. Right. And so, you know, and this is something, you know, I'm making this sound super easy and on some level it is super easy, but like this is after many years of work of studying this stuff and honing it and, you know, and practicing, right. So this isn't like a one and done thing, but you can practice to start to use your intuition on a regular basis. Right. And so for me, what I'm doing is I'm following the flow and I'm so tuned in that like, if I get a vision, I know how to translate that in a conversation. You know, like even as we're having this conversation, many, you know, different images and different things are popping in and I know how to translate that or what needs to be said to communicate that from how it's coming through, through my intuition. That's interesting, right? Because for me, I, I definitely have not honed into that. And yes, we're, we say we're all a little intuitive, but I definitely have not tapped into my, my powers just yet. Hopefully with advice from you and other people, I'll be able to master that in. So I am having just a little bit of a hard time understanding that because to me, it's when I make sales, it's all logic, right? It's all facts and numbers. And I guess I'm not really tapping into myself or kind of checking in with myself, which is really interesting because it's almost like I'm now thinking, I think it's something I'm going to have to do. I mean, when I do sales, like I always focus on, all right, what are my clients' goals and objectives? What do I have to offer them that's going to help them meet those goals and objectives? And then those conversations tend to work very well because then you're, you're not selling them just a product or a service, you're really selling them a way to kind of get meet their unmet needs, right? And help them accomplish their goals. But so something about this, just kind of checking in with myself, I'm going to have to learn. So what do you say to someone like me who is in sales, is very successful in sales, but maybe hasn't tapped into my own personal 
power or my own personal gift. Do you, do you deal with people like me or do you normally deal with, by the time someone comes to you for training, they're a little more in tune with themselves? Oh, no. I mean, I'm absolutely dealing with people, people like you, people like everyone on the planet. I mean, it's so many people, right? And so really being able to, um, you know, to recognize. So first of all, noticing, we have to, we have to be willing to notice, okay, what am I feeling right now in this conversation? So noticing what you're feeling. And so because of like, so this is like a spiritual concept that I'm going to bring in that's going to make this make sense even in the sales context, right? So we're all connected. We are all one, right? So there's this whole, that's a big spiritual concept, concept around oneness, right? So when I'm in a meeting, if I notice, okay, right now I'm feeling, you know, contracted in some way, right? Or I'm feeling nervous. First of all, being able to check in and going, is this even actually mine? Or am I picking up on the person who's sitting across from me, which you may or may not notice, right? But that can be good information as to, okay, wait, you know, hmm, I'm noticing right now, and you can start to share this in a sales context if, you know, you got to feel into it, right? And feel into, like, say, for instance, you're in a meeting and you're finding there's like um, a conflict, right? Or a tension, right? tuning into that part within you that's like, okay, this something doesn't feel right right now. And then having the space, you know, which you got, again, you're going to have to feel into. It's not a one and done or perfect, you know, um, everything, you know, all, everything's the same scenario. Right. But feeling into that and going, okay, right now to the, to this person sitting across from me, like I'm noticing, you know, fill in the blank, right. I'm noticing that there's some tension right now. I'm noticing, you know, you know, just, like starting to share what you're noticing that can create, you know, and again, it depends on how that conversation is going. If it's going well and you know, you're, you're in that space of it just being in the logic and, and you're in the flow of the conversation that way. Perfect. Right. And again, you have to feel into who's this person sitting across from me. Right. And what's, what's that going to be like if I bring this to the table, but so many times in the business world is going in this direction, right. Where, you know, you kind of are starting to hear words around, you know, authenticity and mindfulness, you know, and starting to really, you know, bring some of these, these buzzwords, right. Into the conversation in the corporate world. Right. And so starting to be willing to go, okay, I'm noticing what's going on inside of me. And, you know, if I need to, I'm going to share that. Um, I remember uh, this was a while ago, um, the example of, so someone was sharing with me that they were on a sales, they were, well, they were trying to get through the gatekeeper, through the gatekeeper, right? And what popped into their intuition was something was going on in this woman's personal life, right? And so this, my, this person I was uh, talking to, she said, she told me, she's like, um, I brought it up and it actually created an opening for us to create connection. Mm. Right. And so, I mean, of course, again, that's, it's, 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 you keep establishing it, right. It's not just a, you know, one and done type thing, but you're like, but establishing it and then being willing, you know, when, when it feels right to communicate that, to create more connection, to create more trust in that relationship. Right. Um, you know, and, and to create a more realness, because again, part of where our world is going though, you know, it's going slowly at this moment, but that's okay. Um, is, you know, that authenticity is, can we be real in these environments and not just be real and turn it off when we leave the corporate environment, for instance. Yeah. And that's so good because I find, so it's funny because I've always considered myself to be very woo woo and I'm woo woo to an extent, right? I, I mean, I meditate and I believe in higher powers and I know that I'm going to be taken down the path that I'm supposed to go on. But when it comes to business, I definitely am more kind of logical, but marrying the two is so important because that does contribute to your success. And what I've loved and what I have found and, and when you've been speaking, I've co- was kept thinking to myself, like, I, I just don't know if, if I'm tapping into like my powers while I'm, you know, dealing with clients, but in a sense I am, because you keep saying, you know, be authentic, be real. And that is so true because when I started in sales, I was kind of robotic. It was like, I have a goal in mind. I have a call. I have a script I have to follow. This is what I'm going to say. You know, if they say this, I'll say that's it. And then what's happened through the years as it's evolved, I have found that when you do bring in a little bit of the personal and when you do bring, maybe there's a touching story or maybe you say something, it does help to break down the walls and the barriers. And it does help your clients. We're still clients and there's still a great level of professionalism, but it does definitely help to change the relationship a little bit. So then by marrying kind of the two, you know, the personal with the professional to an extent, the relationship flourishes in a better way. And then hopefully 
the business partnership will continue to flourish. So I love that you say that because it's true. We all, a lot of times we think, oh, we have to act a certain way in sales. We have to be professional and we, and we can't talk about anything personal, but then we're not being really authentic either. And I think our clients realize that that's kind of going to set you apart from the other five sales representatives that are contacting them and being robotic, right? Exactly. Well, and that's the whole thing, right? Is like many times we get these scripts or we just learn how to regurgitate what someone says or what's what we've been trained to say, right? And so we're in these, you know, in these meetings and we're just like regurgitating. And it's part of that. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say it like this. Our clients can't feel us, right? They can't feel us as human beings, right? And, and I know so many times, it, um, you know, when I was in a sales conversation, you know, in my medical sales job, that because I was, you know, I, I was tapping into that and I was in that human being state. A lot of my clients, they just really enjoyed being around me. So they, you know, sometimes we're, it could be hard to set up a meeting and they're like, oh, I, we don't have that much time. They'd be like, yeah, I have the time to meet with you because it's kind of just like, I enjoy your company. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, you're not, I know you're not going to come in just in this robotic state, for instance. So yeah, it absolutely works. One of the things you said earlier when we were talking about your past and kind of where you are now, where you shifted from being a survivor, a warrior to a creator, uh, I've always recently told that there's a such thing as a masculine and feminine energy, and especially in the workplace. It, and I, I was told that the, the female energy is a little more creative. Can you talk to us a little bit about what masculine and feminine, feminine energy is and how that kind of presents itself in the workplace environment. Yeah, so here's the thing. For many decades, you know, even maybe centuries, right, um, masculine has dominated, dominated the uh, workplace environment, right? You know, and masculine energy is making it happen. It's a lot of pushing and forcing, but it's also got that, it's got that uh, feeling to it, right, where you are really making things happen, right? Um, but there's a trend that's starting to happen and it's happening maybe somewhat slowly, but it's starting to take off, right? Where people are starting to, first of all, cultivate balance. So it's not about being all in one or all in the other, but they're starting to have balance where we're starting to move more into our feminine. So feminine energy is all about receiving, it's opening, it's magnetizing. It's basically like you being, you know, you being your powerful, you know, magnificent self, but not working so hard, not so much efforting. And so it's one of those things when you can learn to cultivate both of them, right? Where you're not just, the masculine can help you to get things done, but when you're in your being, say for instance, you know, the person who literally can attract clients to them versus the per person that has to go out and effort so hard, the person who's efforting hard is in their masculine. The person who's, who's literally being and attracting and magnetizing, they're in their feminine, right? And there's a time and place for both of those, but it's one of those things that when you can really learn how to connect to both of them and use them as necessary, then all of a sudden, like everything can change where you're, cause you're starting to attract exactly what you want and from a much easier standpoint. Interesting. I love that. I love that concept. You know, we, we don't often look at it that way. And you can certainly be like, I uh, obviously I'm a female, but I do have a lot of masculine energy, especially when I work. It's all about getting things done, you know, kind of go, 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 you know, steps are in place. And oftentimes when I stop working or when I stop my work day, I stay in that masculine energy and that's not always a good place to be when you're at home and you're trying to relax and not be so pushy, right? So it's interesting. I'm going to have to do a better job of kind of blending my two energies together, even though you would think naturally one would dominate. It's not so much so. Well, and let, um, here's, here's one way to do that, right? So yeah, because we, we tend to be in the masculine in the workplace and then we come home. I mean, if you come home to your partners and you're still in that like go get them type of dynamic, then, then a lot of times as I talk about it, right, you know, if you're with your partner and just depending on the nature and the dynamics and who you want to be in that relationship, right, but if you're in your masculine and you have a masculine partner, right, who wants to be in his masculine, that's not going to be hot. <laughs> it's not going to create hot polarity, right, between the two of you. So knowing how to, to get into that feminine energy and as part of that, so for instance, like if you've seen, you know, a guy who's like really masculine or a bodybuilder, right? He carries all of his energy up in the upper half of his body. 
So one way to start to connect and get into your feminine energy is to bring some energy, bring some breath into the lower part of your body. And as you take breath, it's not just breathing into the lower part, but breathing into your entire body, but as you start to put some breath and focus into that lower part of the body, you're going to find you're going to feel more open, you're going to feel more calm, you're going to feel more relaxed. And those are ways to start to get yourself into that space, especially when you get home and you're wanting to be more feminine, to get yourself into that space to go, okay, I'm going to take, I'm going to relax. I'm going to take a nice deep breath here and I'm going to be present with my partner so that we can actually have a conversation where we can connect and he doesn't feel like he's sitting with one of his buddies, you know, at work, uh, you know, or, you know, or with one of his colleagues at work in the boardroom, you know, talking and, um, and where he's kind of like your, your buddy has, mm-hmm. say for instance. Yep, it definitely does. So that's so funny because I tend to be, you know, when I'm at work, I'm very much focused on if there's a problem, let's find a solution. That's just the way it is, right? If a client is upset or someone's having a challenge or a struggle internally, then we have to kind of figure out what the problem is and then fix it. And I tend to do that with with my husband. So sometimes he'll be talking to me and, you know, he's kind of venting or releasing his frustrations. And I go instantly into that. All right. I see what the problem is. Now let's find the solution. And sometimes he'll just say to me, I don't need you to fix this. I just want you to listen. You know? Yeah. So you have yeah. to do a better job of kind of letting go of one and then shifting into that kind of peaceful, open creator that we can be. So I love all of that. Now, couple questions for you because I feel like this conversation out of all is challenging me a little bit because really it is that, I don't know, I, I need to be more at peace with being okay with bringing the woo-woo-ness into my logical business practice. So what are three things you would say to people like me who are a little woo-woo, believe in this stuff, but suddenly just feel challenged? What are three practical takeaways you know, to help me, other people like me, kind of your your business one oh one philosophy to help us get our take our business to the next level. Yeah. So I mean one of the ones I would say is noticing what state you're in at all times. Right. So constantly checking in with yourself and going, okay, especially like when you're in, like I said, if you're on a sales call, but just in your everyday life going, okay, like what state am I in? And is this a state that I want to be, um, you know, what I would say creating from, right? So if I'm in an anxious state and I go out into the world in anxiety, then I'm going to attract other things that make me anxious or make me feel anxious. It's highly likely, right? Mm -hmm. And so recognizing, okay, I'm feeling anxious right now. What can I do? Like you mentioned meditation, right? What can I do to start to, you know, get into a more calm, more relaxed, more ease-filled state? So that's one thing that I would say um, that I would consider very practical because, again, noticing, being able to notice that and then just change so that you can cr- basically create anything that you're wanting to me is, um, is awesome. The other thing, too, that, um, uh, you know, is, is a more practical uh, piece. It's been coming up a lot in my sessions um, over the last um, – in, and in conversations, too, over the last week or two. But, you know, so in business, and especially depending on – where you are in your business and, and where you are in the process, many times what we do and how, what we're used to is we do something once and if it doesn't yield us the results that we want it to yield us, we go, that didn't work, right? Or maybe we do it twice, but we basically say that didn't work, right? And um, as I'll say it like this, so giving the energy, the opportunity to connect with the, or to catch up with your desire, right? So I didn't go into this as a statistic, but I'm going to say it now. We have 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day, 50 to 70,000. 95% of those in our subconscious, our programming are subconscious. So 95% of our programming is subconscious, right? And so starting to recognize, okay, if I'm taking an action and right away I don't get the desire or the, or the results that I am desiring, right? Starting to look at that and go, okay, I got to give, you know, give the energy the opportunity to catch up with it. So point being is that if you're doing something and you're not seeing necessarily the results that you want right away, stick with it. Stick with it and just keep saying, if you know it's meant for you, right? And, and holding that vision, right? If you know that that's meant for you, stick with it and just give the opportunity for the universe to catch up with your desire. 
So um, that's something else that I would just include. And just noticing as well, so um, uh, uh, really, so this is something I didn't mention, but it's actually a really good, and I think it's a very practical tool again. It, me, it goes into the woo because I am woo, right? But I also <laughs> I bring the woo and the uh, practical. So one of the things that you can do is like when you're out in the world and if you're needing help on something, just literally saying out loud, I need help with, and then fill in the blank right? You know, please give me some help. Give me some guidance on what I need to do in this situation. Like say for instance, like if it's in a business deal, right? Or even you could even put out there, like if you're saying, if you're trying to create more clients, right? Hey, can you help me to create more clients and just put it out in the world and literally then and pay attention, right? Because sometimes when you put out requests like that, you know, anything that's blocking you, for instance, from getting more clients may show up in your field, or you might find, oh my gosh, there's a client right there. And that was so easy. Right. So being willing to ask for help sort of in, again, it's a little bit of woo because you're, you're just putting it out and stating it out in the world. But it's also very practical because all of a sudden you've now just created a client and it was much easier than, oh, my God, I had to do like whatever Facebook ads or I had to, you know, call 100 people or, you know, whatever that looked like for you. Yeah, because you're kind of giving up, you're surrendering to some higher power in a sense, right? Whatever you want to call that higher power, God, source, energy, the universe, whatever it is, but you're surrendering in a sense and you're putting your trust. And often what tends to happen, I think I've said this before, where sometimes you you try to control something so much and so much and you, you keep focusing on it and you keep working at it and it doesn't work out. And then as soon as you give up or you're like, you know what, I give up. If it's meant to be, it'll happen. And then it happens. So sometimes just giving that control, releasing the control just opens that energy flow to kind of bring it to you. I think that's so, that's so powerful because you have to, that is part of the blocks, right? You're resisting, you're trying to control the outcome. You just got to let it go at times and not become so fixated on it. And if it's meant to be, hopefully it'll work out. Yeah, well, and if you think about it, you think about it in terms of like dating, right? And if you've ever like tried to make someone, <laughs> like, you know, go out with you, for instance, depending on where you are in your, you know, um, in your dating world, right? But if you've ever tried to make someone, you're like, ah, you're going to go out with me. Like, typically, it doesn't work out, right? Like, even if they do go out, it doesn't work out, right? So being willing to relinquish that control and go, okay, I'm going to relax, right? I'm going to breathe into this. I'm going to trust, right? I'm going to trust that, like, that the plan is much bigger than I can, you know, than I can see. I always set intentions anytime I'm on a call, anytime I'm in a meeting. So, you know, like figuring out, okay, like recognizing again, I can create this however I want to create it. So I'm going to set the intention. You know, sometimes my intention is this is for the highest good of all involved, you know, just depending on what the context is. But sometimes, you know, it's the intention of, you know, may this un unfold in an unexpected way or, you know, I mean, I, there's like a zillion different ways. You can do more practical too, right? Where you could just literally go, I, I you know, I made this meeting be successful, right? And so, um, you know, setting those intentions helps, again, to put out in the world, what do I want? And then to begin to create that recognizing you can place your order for however you want to place it. So you might as well place it for something good. And um, I know I used to not do that. So I know now that I do that, like pretty much with every single thing. And it's awesome because I know that I'm playing a role in creating it to work easier for me um, in those scenarios. I love that. And you mentioned earlier that um, you have a free gift and part of that gift is kind of looking at the, you know, childhood patterns and releasing them. Do you talk about this kind of stuff in that, in that gift as well? Is it a, is it a workbook for stuff or is it a video? So it's a video. Um, it's basically, so it's all around the pattern. So I called it clearing childhood patterns um, for more uh, uh, abundance, joy, and peace. But it's basically, so we're going to, so it's this, we start with the light activation. So you can go on and, um, you know, uh, if you just want to like learn what that light activation that I was talking about earlier, what that feels like, what that experience is, that's where it starts, right? After I kind of explain some things and then about five minutes into the video, that's where it starts. And then from there, you know, all, a lot of the patterns that I've seen, um, I tend to work with a lot, a lot of female clients, but um, in the business world, I make, work with a mix, but um uh, in my personal practice, I work with a lot of female, you know, clients. And so a lot of the patterns that I've seen with them, for instance, around people pleasing, right, and perfectionism, mm -hmm. right, and the places where we, you know, we lose ourselves, where we can lose ourselves, um, we don't have a strong sense of self, right? You know, those are a few examples, control is another one. But um, so I, a lot of the most common patterns I see in my female clients that are not working for them, um, the process that I described, you know, in our talk today, um, you, they, I, we use that in the video and 
people have told me they've gotten new clients from it. I mean, they've told me they've created all kinds of awesome abundance. They they're feeling better. They're more clear. And so that's, you know, part of the power, you know, power of the work. So I definitely encourage you, um, if you feel called to get that video, because it's, um, it's awesome and super proud of it. I am so excited to watch it myself because I do feel like it's, it's just going to help me a little more, right? It's going to help me if I'm already a little woo and already believe in this. I feel like it's only going to allow me to not only believe in it a little bit more, but also find a way to really apply it to the workplace because I tend to separate the two. So I'm so excited to watch that. Deb, thank you so much for that awesome offer. Now, if individuals want to know more about you, if they want to work with you or if they want to follow you on social media, where can they find you? Yeah, so um, my personal website is just deborahacker.com, and that's just D-E-B-O-R-A-H-A-C-K-E-R.com. And you can find me again on Instagram and Facebook um, are the two main ones. So you can find me on Instagram under Deborah Acker, and you can also find me on Facebook under Deborah Acker Coaching. Um, and then my business website is actually uppingyoursalesgame.com. And so if you're curious to check that out, you can head over to that site as well to check that out. And yeah, that's, I mean, I've got my book out, so... Um, um, yeah, so in addition to this video, if you feel called, um, my book is all, it talks, like goes into um, depth on my journey and stuff. And that, the title of that book is Living Deeply, A Transformational Journey Through Deep Pain, Loss, and Abandonment to Healing, Self-Love, and Miracles. Um, so thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you for coming on and for sharing your story with us and all of your awesome tips. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the From Broke to Badass Masterclass series. I hope you're feeling inspired to take control of your finances, create balance, and live your best life. To continue your journey of transformation, be sure to join the In the Life of Zen tribe, where for only $5.55 a month, you'll receive weekly guidance, inspiration, and tools to make you even more badass than you already are. For less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you'll have access to weekly powerful mantras, meditations, tapping sessions, tip sheets, and articles to help you live the life of your dreams. Visit www.inthelifeofzen.com to join this badass tribe. And if you know other women who will benefit from these interviews, please spread the love by sending them the link to this masterclass series. And stay tuned for more from In the Life of Zen. Visit us at inthelifeofzen.com and follow us on social media at In the Life of Zen.